0: Hello, hello. Welcome back, friends. Welcome to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer, and today we're going to be talking about how to change your life. Big topic, but we're going to dig in. And for all of our Shit You Don't Learn in College fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to sidlickbook.com and grab your copy of the new number one bestseller, Shit You Don't Learn in College, available now on Amazon. It'll be an absolute game-changer. And everybody who buys the book from our website will get over $3,000 in bonus trainings and programs. So head over to sidlickbook.com and check it out now. All right, now let's get on with the show. So changing your life, let's dig into a little bit of context because that sounds, it sounds like, you know, we're talking about like everybody, these life sucks and everybody hates their lives. And the reality is in our world, in our modern day and age, like we've, we've never had less to worry about. Uh, in our lives, in the history of humankind, like we don't have to worry about being eaten by saber-toothed tigers anymore. We don't have to be eaten by uh, worry about being eaten by short-nosed bears. Uh, if you're in a first world country, you you don't have to worry about starvation or finding good food or clean water or or shelter for the majority of us. That's not a real issue yet. Uh, just to give you a little bit of context, CNBC uh, did a study in 2000, uh, 2021, so this last year, and found that 51% of young Americans feel that uh, said that they feel down, depressed, and unhappy with life in their current circumstances. 70% say that they have little energy or motivation to do what they do. And 81% said that they have at least uh, a little bit of anxiety, so little to moderate and severe anxiety uh, around life and everything going on. Now in a world where we've never had less to worry about, we've never had more comforts taken care of and more uh, actual dangers to our lives taken care of, four out of five of us are anxious and worried. So even though we're more settled and more taken care of than ever before, we're actually more worried and more anxious and more afraid than we ever were before. So what's really going on here? Well. The first step to changing your life, if you're if you're unhappy with your current circumstance, you know, one of the things that I always tell people, uh, you know, everybody's always like, oh, you have to live a live a balanced life. And I'm first of all, I'm here to tell you that if you wanna if you wanna be happier, uh you have to change the balance. You have to get out of balance, you have to swing out of balance, you have to do something different. So we're gonna talk about what it really takes to change your life here in just a minute. And the first step to understanding this. Is that you need to you need to accept every single one of us needs to accept at some point that we are responsible for our lives. Now, I don't you know I'm not gonna say you should take the blame for for whatever the president does or whatever's going on in the socio- socioeconomic process or a pandemic that's going on in the world that's that's causing a lot of stuff. But the reality is, if you want to be more successful, if you want to be happier, if you want to have a life with more meaning. We have to let go of the victimhood mentality and start to embrace that we are responsible for uh, for changing our lives, at least, right? Maybe you're not responsible for uh, the hand you were dealt when you were born or how you grew up or the color of your skin or, or your life circumstances. I know I didn't grow up wealthy and... The one thing that I've learned being uh, around successful people is I couldn't tell you how many hundreds of successful people I've met that have come out of come out of the the you know literally the dumpsters. I'm thinking of one of my friends Sharon when he first came to the u s was dumpster diving just to find food, had gotten a fight with a raccoon just to find food, and now he's a multimillionaire and so the reason that I bring this up is because whether you are an immigrant or you have immigrant parents, what color of your skin, what what you were born into. Uh, The the truth is, at some point, we need to accept that we are responsible for our lives moving forward. And the sooner that we can do that, the sooner that we can actually start to change our lives. But if you're ever stuck in a situation where you continue to blame others, you continue to blame your circumstance, you continue to blame where you've come from for why you are where you are right now, you'll never actually be able to change. So there was a study that was done, and uh, they found this in Scientific American, that our next step in evolution uh, as a human race is very simple it's a higher percentage uh, a higher percentage of the human race starts to step into uh ownership and uh taking ownership over their lives and being less of a victim and more of a victor and more of the author of their story and blaming others less and just taking ownership for their own circumstances more and that's actually the the next step in our scientific evolution as a human race so here's the truth we're responsible for change in our life Correct? Great. Now, what creates our, free, our future? If you're, if you're a follower of self-development, uh, there's a famous Jim Rohn quote. He says, uh, if you want to have more, you must become more, right? So who we are creates our future. Who we are creates our future. Our thoughts, our beliefs, our actions, our habits is what creates our future. There's a, there's a principle in self-development. Uh, it's it's <coughs> think it, be it, do it, have it. So you must think it first, sorry, think it, do it, be it, have it. You must think it first, then you must do it to turn it into your being so that you can eventually have it, right? You don't get to have it before you've done those other things. This is why 70% of lotto winners, they might win millions of dollars, but if they're not being a millionaire, if they're not acting like a millionaire, 70% of lotto winners end up... Uh, Broke and bankrupt within the next five years. It's because they themselves are not millionaires So even if somebody put a million dollars in their bank account or more, they're not gonna act like a millionaire They're not gonna they're not gonna have the intelligence of a millionaire They're not gonna behave like a millionaire. So they're gonna lose the money So who we are creates our future our thoughts our beliefs our actions our habits now our subconscious which is 95% of our brain, our subconscious or unconscious mind, dictates 90% of our actions, thoughts, and beliefs, and habits. So if who we are, our thoughts, beliefs, actions, and ha- habits dictates our future, and our subconscious dictates 90% of our thoughts, actions, beliefs, and habits, well then, by transitive property, I was, a, I was an engineering in college, our subconscious dictates who we are. And for anybody who studied the sub- subconscious, you know that our past, our past experiences, highly emotional situations, the things that we repeat in our past program that 95% of our subconscious. So therefore, if you're not careful, your past creates the future if you let it. I want you to think about that for a second. Think (coughs) Think about the person uh, think about the person that, uh, maybe it's a guy or a girl that goes through a breakup, a man or a woman that goes through a tough breakup. And then when they move into their next relationship, they bring all the bricks from their past broken home into their new home and they struggle, they struggle to trust their new partner because their past partner cheated on them. And because they struggle to trust their new partner, that partner feels untrusted and they break up or the business owner who got burned by a partnership in the past and fails to trust their future team and because of that lack of trust and that lack of you know they go oh I don't want to pour a bunch of energy into this this team because they're just going to leave me well because they're not pouring energy into that team the team leaves them but if they had poured energy into that team the team would have loved them and would have wanted to stick around right or somebody who failed at a at a new venture so they hold themselves back and prevent themselves from ever trying anything new in the future the reality is for a majority of us our past experiences Create our subconscious programming and therefore our thoughts habits beliefs and actions and They dictate our future. So if you're not careful Your past will become your future if you let it so there was a study that was done uh, It's called the Lehigh study at Cornell and what they found was that as humans we have on average about 60,000 thoughts a day first of all, that's a lot of thoughts 60,000 thoughts a day And 80%, 80% of those thoughts that we have are negative. That's right. Four out of five thoughts we have are negative thoughts. And 95% of the thoughts that we have in any given day are exactly the same as the day before. The brain has a really interesting way of playing the same sad song over and over again and turning that into your reality. Now, what the Lehigh study also found is that 85% of those those worries and those negative thoughts that we have, 85% of them never happen. And I want that to think in for a second. 85%, five out of six times when you worry about something, it never happens. How crazy is that? We're sitting here worrying about, about what the, you know what our, what our partner or our boss is going to do is, or going to say. We're sitting here worried about that. We're creating these, these negative thought loops in our brain and 85% of the time they never happen. Not only that, 15% of the time that it does happen, the fi- or sorry, I should say the 15% of the time that it does happen, 79% of subjects discovered that it actually wasn't that bad or it actually helped teach them an important lesson and they were grateful for it. What? So you're telling me that five out of six times it never happens. And then of the one out of six times that it happens, four out of five times, it's actually a good thing. This means that 97% of our worries are baseless and unnecessary. But we spend 95% of our time thinking about those same things every single day. So like we talked about, our thoughts dictate our future. Our actions, beliefs, and habits dictate our future outcomes. And this all stems from these thoughts that we have repeating in our brain over and over again. So for us to change, it's a very simple process. First and foremost, you have to take accountability that you have the power to change and you're going to be the only one responsible for your change. Because I'm going to be honest, your mom is not going to change for you. Your dad is not going to change for you. Your friends are not going to force you to change. You have to step into that power and realize that you have to change it first. And the second thing you have to do is you have to become aware of the thoughts that you are having. Having This is tough. Becoming conscious of the unconscious thoughts. Most of the time, we're just on autopilot. We're not thinking because that's easier for us. Evolutionarily, we're programmed not to want to think because as evolutionary humans, we have brains that are so big that if our brains use too much energy, we would need to consume something like five to ten times the amount of food just to survive and we'd all die. So we're actually evolutionarily programmed to not want to think. This is why we love to Netflix and chill. We just want to turn off and veg out. But for you to change, Netflixing and chilling will not get you there. You have to take ownership of your thoughts, and this is tough. I want you to think about this. Have you ever embellished a negative story to affirm your excuses? Think about it. Have you ever, have you ever had something negative happen to you? And then you go to a friend or a family member or a colleague or coworker and you embellish it to them. Of course, you have, right? We've all done this. Well, why? Why do we do this? Why do we go embellish this story, right? We go take a negative experience and we make it worse. Why? Because we want to affirm our excuses. We want social comfort and safety. We want other people to see that, that we've gone through something and to feel our pain so that we can build community. Again, this is evolution. Evolutionarily, we used to, we used to be in small tribes and to connect in a community. We, we'd share negative stories. I would, I would share a negative story of a, a saber-toothed tiger that I encountered to help protect and save the life of another community member so they didn't go down that same ravine and get attacked by a saber-toothed tiger. But how's this affecting us now? Every embellished story creates a strong negative programming. It's a made up trauma. It's a made up trauma. We're making the brain think that the situation is actually worse than it actually is. The brain doesn't know the difference between a real and imagined event. This is why if you close your eyes and you imagine yourself on stage in front of hundreds of people, your palms will start to get sweaty, your pits will start to get sweaty, your heart will start to race. You're not actually in front of, in, in, on stage in front of thousands of people, but if you close your eyes and you imagine it, your body will think you are and you'll start to get nervous. Our brain doesn't understand the difference between a real event and a vividly imagined one. So when you you embellish negative stories, you're actually programming your brain to think that life is actually worse than it actually is. It's a made-up trauma. It's real to you. But you made it up so that you would feel safe and comfortable around people. But it's also making your life worse. Because now, your brain thinks that life has to be worse. We as humans are addicted to familiar It's evolution. It's to keep us safe. Like I just mentioned, if we go venture into the unknown, well, what if we encounter a saber-toothed tiger and that saber-toothed tiger eats us? So for a majority of us, evolutionarily, we want to stick to what we know. It keeps us safe. It keeps us from dying. Well, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's no saber-toothed tigers in the bathroom and we don't have to worry about dying for the most part, right? Now, here's the truth. If you want something different in life, you have to venture into the unknown. Our subconscious is addicted to the familiar. It wants to keep us safe. It wants to keep us comfortable because keeping us comfortable keeps us alive. Or so we thought. Now, it's actually causing us anxiety. It's causing us a lack of fulfillment, a lack of purpose, a lack of drive. And it's slowly killing us. Your new life lies in the unknown. It lies in the area of doing something different. So for you to have that you have to start to make the unfamiliar familiar. This is the truth, and this is the truth, and it's gonna hurt. You are not good enough yet. If you were good enough, I'm sorry to all the self development gurus out there, and I'm probably, this is probably blasphemy to you. If you were good enough, you would have everything that you ever wanted in life. So the truth is, you're not good enough yet. I'm not good enough for all the goals that I want to accomplish in life. That doesn't mean that I'm not worthy, it just means that I'm not there yet but I can be, I need to work on it. I just need an upgrade. I need to become conscious of the thoughts and the beliefs and the habits that are holding me back. I need to consciously change them. The truth is, if I were good enough, I would have the life that I really want, but I'm not. So I have to become more. I have to step out of my comfort zone. I have to step out of the familiar. I have to do something different. I have to learn and grow. You have to get uncomfortable. You have to do the things that scare you. Honestly, they're not going to kill you. That's our biggest fear. Our biggest fear is that somehow these things that we do by, by, by telling our spouse what, how we truly fear, feel and, and the, you know, our worries, or telling our boss about what we really want in our career, or quitting our job and going after our dream, somehow deep down we think that these things are going to actually kill us, but they're not. We must make the unknown and unfamiliar familiar so that we can finally pursue it. So how do you make the unknown and the unfamiliar familiar? If you're subconscious, that 90 percent of your brain craves familiar, craves familiarity, and it'll be tough for you to pursue the unfamiliar until you make it familiar. Well, it's very easy. Surround yourself. Number one, surround yourself with people or visions or, or ideas that show you that it's possible. If you want to become an entrepreneur, don't just hang out with people in nine to fives, because to people in nine to fives, the entrepreneurial life is unfamiliar, and it scares them. But to entrepreneurs, you go hang out with a handful of entrepreneurs, there's no other way. They'll tell you how they could never go back to a nine-to-five, how they can never get plugged back into the matrix, right? Uh, Will Smith once said, if you, wanna, if, you, if you hang out with five smokers, you'll become the sixth. If you hang out with five people that are, that are in nine-to-fives that hate what they do, you'll become the sixth. If you hang out with five people that complain about their life all day long and do nothing about it, you'll become the sixth. If you hang out with five entrepreneurs that are doing different, that are pushing outside of their comfort zone, you'll become the sixth. If you hang out with five couples that have a really successful and loving and growing marriage, you'll become the sixth. That's the first step. Surround yourself with people that show you that it's possible to make the unfamiliar familiar to you. And the second step and one of the most powerful things that you can do, we already talked about it, but we talked about doing it in the opposite direction. When you recount bad situations in your life and you embellish these negative stories, you're creating visualizations and affirmations of a worse life. You're making your mind familiar with the negative. You're making your mind familiar with victimhood and with negative circumstances. What if you did the opposite? What if you visualized and meditated on and affirmed positive things? Again, your mind doesn't know the difference between a real event and a vividly imagined one. So if you spent a little time every single morning, every single day, every single evening before you go to bed, just meditating on or visualizing or affirming, writing out where you want to be, what you want to do, close your eyes and imagine it as it was real, as it was really happening. I had a buddy of mine that said, Xander, I don't believe in visualizations and affirmations, yet he's built a million dollar business. And I said, well, Sean, you told me that you daydream. He's like, oh, yeah, I daydream all the time. I was like, that's visualizations. He's like, oh, shit. He would daydream about his, his future and his career and bringing in big paychecks and helping change the world. And he would daydream about it. Now, he wasn't actively doing affirmations of I am so happy and grateful that I am now, blah, 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 blah. But he would sit there. And while, you know, while, he, was, while he was sitting on his couch, he would just allow his mind to wander and allow his imagination to go into the future of where he wanted to be. The car that he wanted to drive, the relationship that he wanted to have with his girlfriend, the, his future kids, the money in his bank account. He would just allow himself to to play a little bit, get curious and daydream. Now, some of us used to do this as kids all the time, but a lot of us were told not to spend our time in dreams, not to spend our time in in that alternate reality. And it it is one thing to spend all of your time there and not take action in the real world. But if you dream enough, eventually you're gonna start taking action in the real world to turn that dream into a reality. I can promise you that. When I first started my coaching business, Every single morning I would wake up. I had, I had no business, no network, no history being a coach, but I would, I would wake up and I would visual, visualize myself on stage in front of an audience of 500 people announcing to everybody that I just had my first 100K month as a coach. And I visualized that every day, every morning when I woke up, and every night before I went to sleep. And over the course of that next 365 days, I took a lot of scary action. I took a lot of intentional actions. I pushed myself out of my comfort zone. I was constantly focusing on growing because every day I made that unfamiliar familiar. I saw myself on stage announcing that I had my first 100K a month uh, as a coach within one year. And it became familiar to me and eventually it happened. Exactly one year from when I quit my corporate job and started my business, I had my first 100K a month. You want to know what's crazy? Is when I did get to go on stage and I got to announce to everybody that I just had my first $100,000 month as a coach. It didn't feel weird. I actually didn't feel that excited about it. Because I had visualized that moment in my mind over and over and over again. Every single day. I took the unfamiliar and made it familiar with visualization, affirmations, meditations. And when you do that, you'll start to take more action in the unknown. You'll stop being afraid of the routes that you haven't taken yet because true purpose and true fulfillment, if you want change, you have to go down a path that you have never gone before because if you keep going down the path that you're going down right now, you'll end up with, that's right, the same result. That's all we've got for today's show. Don't forget that knowledge without action yields nothing. So make sure you implement what you've learned here with us. And for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook.com and grab your copy of the new number one bestseller, Shit You Don't Learn in College, available now.